this is TJ Dubois at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to the Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. We've entered the final month of the season. How is that possible? <laughs> Where has it gone? It's a bit frightening actually, isn't it? It really is, isn't it? It's like when you get to the top on a roller coaster and you just look down and just go, Ooh. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't really had that experience because I've always tried to avoid roller coasters. Oh no, I'm a bit more. I'm more of a holder coach type person as well. But I just I've seen it on the telly. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't be keen. Particularly log Come. flumes are okay because they just <laughs> then go down and then go back up. That's okay. Yeah, that's but true. But not roller coasters. We're off topic already. Absolutely, we're, we're only fifty six seconds into the show. <laughs> Coming up in the next hour, we'll look back at a uh, very memorable, for so many reasons, uh, victory at home to Doncaster on Saturday. Uh, we'll also uh, reflect on uh, another another win. Oh, it was wonderful. At Cambridge, what a what a great game! Are you were there? I was there. Yes. Well, you were both along with four hundred and fifty something other fans. It was it was wonderful. It was really really good. It was a good evening. You could have seen even more goals as well. I know. I know. I mean, for a little while, it did really look like we were going to go slightly mad. Um, uh, Alas, then then sort of like Cambridge sort themselves out a little bit. But yeah, oh, it was really good. Uh, Also, we'll hear from uh, new signing, well, new permanent signing, uh, Jack Young as well, who's uh, agreed to make his loan move from Newcastle permanent this week. Uh, We'll catch up with Andy Harmon, former midfielder, former, uh, well, current uh, fan as well, but uh, former young fan who got to play for the club and uh, also a few years ago was in a position to uh, try to buy it as well. Which just is slightly mind-blowing, the fact that you were a supporter, then you played for us, and then actually you nearly tried to buy the club. That's quite impressive, really, isn't it? That's that's a great collection of of things to do with your local club. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there can't be many like, like that that you know that you've done all three things or no. nearly or you know, okay, say, he didn't quite do the third but no, you no. know but nearly did but I suppose there's the manager element missing as well you can yes yes it. that's true okay well and other roles at the club too but <laughs> didn't quite get the grand slam of football roles <laughs> as it could be known yeah you got the triple crown yes yeah fan player manager chairman the old chairman as well yeah chairman, yes yeah. yes yeah CEO uh, president yes. there's, there's all chief sorts. financial officer <laughs> Commentator. Yes, we've almost wandered off. To- a PA ground announcer. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, well, that's, well that was you. Yeah, I know. For a while. Very fortunate to. Yeah, I mean, you could take some of these boxes off. Yeah, know. I could do. You could. Fan. Pl- no. <laughs> <laughs> no. You've talked to Gareth about playing. Yes, absolutely. Certainly mentioned. Which I, I don't. No, I haven't done that. Whereas you have. Yeah. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I Thank can you. still see you at the back of our, our defence. You know, <laughs> when Anthony Stewart couldn't play on Tuesday night, there were rumours that Colin Besley was actually going to be be pulling on the when, light and dark blue quarters to try and put the the Cambridge forwards off. When you say at the back of our defence, how far back do you mean? <laughs> still you in could, the ground. Uh, yeah, you could like be one of the uh, ball assistants. I believe that they are now. Called. I think that's what they're called. Isn't they, they are. Yes. Talk ball. to us about Doncaster. Uh, Doncaster uh, was well, what a great day! It was fantastic. Um, the guard of honour for Bayo was was the, probably the most impressive guard of honour I've ever seen because you just sort of thought it was going to be the teams, but it, it wasn't. It was it was all the substitutes, um, various sort of it was like, like a conga. It really was. Uh, Pete Kuhig was in there. Lot, lots of other people as well. Um, you know, it, it, it took Bayo a while to actually walk through the whole guard of honour, <laughs> um, and then Luke Davis was at, was at the end as well, commentating <laughs> on it for Wickham Sound, which was very exciting. Um, but yeah, yeah, a really, really nice day, um, and fantastic. Obviously, that we won as well. You know, it would have, would have been we would have come away uh, feeling a bit disappointed. I think had we not got all three points, obviously from that game, but also because we'd made it such a special game. Um, you know, the only disappointment was, of course, that Bayer came on, but he didn't manage to score a goal, which was 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 sad. But other than that, it was a, it was a good day out and another clean sheet too. Another clean sheet.
sheet as well. Uh, goals for Gareth McCleary and Anis Mometi as well. Um, it, always nice to see Anis score. You always get the impression that Anis really wants to score um, and was definitely pleased that, that he had. Um, there was a, a, a time in the second half where you did slightly think, oh goodness me, we looked like we were sitting back a little bit and maybe inviting Doncaster to, to come and get the, you know, an unlikely equaliser. And there were a few nervy moments, but once Anis put us tunnel up you did think oh yeah okay it's safe now those three points are in the bag let's get the thoughts of the manager gareth ainsworth who spoke uh, to phil after the game we've probably played better and not won so you take that all day but i thought for 20 minutes first half we were sensational really were you know and i thought we could have had three or four in that period boys have seen it out really well you know i think uh the days off I always do this and the days off the next game is always a dodgy one you know we've lost them in the past but I think that was uh, that was good they've been rested uh, the fatigue is you know they'll be covered next for the next game you know and there'll be a couple of knocks we'll have to look at but um, now to, uh, to be able to give them the days off and get the result that's, uh, that's a perfect weekend for me plus I got the big man some minutes on his final day which is unbelievable you know um, played his part but um, it was all about the win and that's what we said before the game um, celebrate these days celebrate these people celebrate these moments we'll get the win and they did we'll get to Bay in a minute on top of the three points another clean sheet that's five from six now that must be really pleasing yeah at this stage. it is really pleasing you know and uh, Dave's uh, had to make two brilliant saves at the end there and the Stewart of the saving tackle Tafazoli off the line but as I said at 20 minutes at the start they, I think they're two off the line real energetic good performance um, but a clean sheet is fantastic and five out of six now you know we've become this solid team to beat and uh, and if we can make this place a fortress we've got Plymouth we've got Sheffield Wednesday here to come um, they'll be crucial games in this running it's a settled team as well now that's a few games in a row now you've been able to name the, the same starting 11 yeah there's going to be plenty of uh, time for everyone to get games you know David Wheeler's coming today hasn't played for a couple of weeks Dominic Gabe Jack Grimmer Sully Kai Kai not in the squad wow big big names you know and, uh, and I changed around Jordan Abita for, for Jack today in the squad and I'm glad I did because obviously JJ's come off and we've, uh, we've needed to use Jordan but um, no it's uh, it's all about the, the squad game but a settled side is always better than uh, chopping and changing let's talk about Bayo then he got that cameo the, the reception when he came onto the pitch I mean that doesn't just happen to anybody does it no we can thank Anis because uh, at 1-0 I always worried about changing things so Anis gets his goal uh, Bayo can get on you know he got a, a brilliant 10 or 11 minutes there and uh, and he showed some of the stuff that you know what a, what a character what a player listen this isn't his last game this is his day this is his day but he's going to play so big a part in this running you know I'm sure there's a big big moment for Akin Fenwick to, to nail it still to come it's brilliant to see his family his friends all around and uh, and it's a pleasure of being his manager and his most productive club ever um, I, I, I can't say anymore we said it on Friday you know what a guy what a what a human being um, beast mode rock and roll that's what it is at the moment it's brilliant you know it's it's a great day great day he would have wanted to win he got the win um, and it's great to see all his family and friends here today fans were brilliant today thank you so much we knew it wouldn't be a distraction so instead in my team talk I said embrace this embrace this day embrace second framework and embrace Joel Jacobson's 600th appearance not to forget that what a, what a milestone that is but embrace these moments we're not going to shy and go oh is this going to affect the performance is this going to affect the day embrace it he's one of us this club would not be anywhere near where we are if it wasn't for Adebayo Akinfema so we embraced it and thankfully we got the win oh sorry I thought you were going <laughs> to <laughs> this, this is a rehearsal bit 
uh, and afterwards <laughs> we heard from the man himself. That's what I'm going to be saying. The result was the main thing. There would have been no way I could enjoy this fully if we didn't get the result because the biggest picture is still we've got unfinished business. So other than scoring the last minute header back post and that, this was the perfect way. You've been here for six years. You've walked onto that pitch many times. But talk us through your feelings during that guard of honour. Such a special moment with all the fans and your family here as well to witness yeah, it. Yeah, man, it was emotional. Mumsy and Pops don't really come to many games, and and that's the funny. That's the thing that actually I didn't I didn't think I'd ever get choked up on that. But knowing Mumsy was here, um, she was there right at the beginning. She was the one that believed in my dream. And then listen for Donny to to come out and give me a garden order with the boys and the staff. Listen, it was amazing. I ain't gonna lie. Um, at the age of the, the young age of almost 40 you know these are the things that I will cherish and remember for so beautiful thing the sun is setting on your career soon but the sun will set here I think before everyone's gone home incredible support you must feel so much love from the Wickham fans yeah man listen Wickham and myself I believe that the reason why I'm still playing to the age of 40 is because of this club I feel that timing is everything I think linking up with the gaffer the players and the fans have just added to my story and like I said there's still one more hurdle that we can that we can try and overcome for it to be a fairy tale ending we're going to give everything and I think we showed that today I think we've got such a togetherness and that's not just on the pitch it's off the pitch and you know what I'm saying fingers crossed we can finish with a bang I think you really want to you know finish the season well obviously but but for him as well yes Uh, I don't mean you we want you to finish the season well (laughs) More the team, though, to be honest. No, I mean, if that can, if that gives them added motivation to finish the season well for Bayo, then then that's got to be a good thing. Um, as you say, you know, you'd, of course you want to finish the season well, whoever you are. Um, but yeah, if if it would be the Hollywood ending that Bayo deserves, if actually the season finished at Wembley with him getting us promoted to the Championship, that would be wonderful. And on to Cambridge on Tuesday with the prospect of returning to the top six, which is a, an excellent carrot to have dangled. Uh, very, very uh, ex- exciting, um, and the, the, the I, I thought you know we, we did obviously the fact that it was four uh, one it, it was impressive, but we did play really, really well. Probably the best that actually I've seen us play all season. Um, I know that the Cambridge manager has then come out and said uh, along the lines of, "Oh well, you know, because they're they're very safe in the middle of the table, they're not going to." trouble the playoffs they're not going to get relegated so that they were trying a few things but it's so easy to say that after you've lost 4-1 I think sure um, admittedly the game did change a little bit when they did bring three substitutes on um, but even so it was a really really impressive performance from the Jair boys uh, and one that we can be be proud of and you know really really good um, to now be going into those final games and some of them are a little bit tricky obviously we've got Plymouth in there and we've got Sheffield Wednesday um, but yeah you know we're, I, we're where we want to be now I think at this stage of the season and a really nice sort of side angle if that's the right expression uh, that I hadn't realised of course that uh, Gary Waddock is on the, uh, the coaching yes, staff indeed. at Cambridge yes yes uh, and there, that was mentioned in the programme uh, there was obviously there was a nice hug that was uh, put on social media between um, Gary and and Gareth um, and it was it was a nice evening actually it's a nice place Cambridge it's, again it's quite easy to say when you've won 4-1 <laughs> uh, a place uh, I, was, I was quite impressed so so uh, before the game started um, uh, a boy in front of me uh, got um, hit uh, so he was carrying his bovril along um, whilst the team were warming up and of course it was it was a bit of a Rob Lesperance moment uh, where, where the ball uh, seems to aim directly for his bovril covering him completely um, and anyway and the stewards were nice enough to actually not only check that he was okay but then go and get him another bovril which oh. I thought oh, yeah exactly I thought I thought that was quite good because you know there, there are stewards at certain grounds that probably would have laughed and would have turned the other way um, but at Cambridge they went and got him another drink so I you don't get was... this sort of insight on other shows either do you, you don't do you? <laughs> this no, is brilliant no. brilliant um, and the other thing news. that all the away fans will tell you is that is that Cambridge 
the Abbey Stadium is a bit of a strange place in that actually the away stand is quite a long way <laughs> from the pitch. Uh, oh. They they managed to fit in. It actually, it, it's what looks like a little netball pitch. I don't think it is a netball pitch. It's like a little five-a-side pitch. But, but that is in between the away stand and the actual pitch. Oh. I don't know why the Abbey Stadium is, is as, as long as it is. It oh. almost looks like they sort of maybe play American football there or something like that. So even if there was no game there at all, it was worth you going just to bring back those observations, I, I think. I know. Thank you. And I also have to say that the uh, Josh uh, Scohan Chris Farino chant uh, is a thing of absolute beauty uh, <laughs> to the tune of status quo's rocking all over the world. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, can we have my, the, the, the best chant? You should have recorded uh, it. Said, I know, I know. I did think that, actually, as I was uh, after the game. Um, uh, it's, it's the best chant since the uh, Tafazoli, um, <laughs> 12 days of Tafazoli chant. We'll hear from Gareth McCleary in a few moments' time, but uh, first, here's uh, Gareth, the manager. Best away result of the season, you know, I've had some real good performances. I, I put Rotherham away and, and Wigan away up, up amongst them all, you know, because of the, uh, you know, the way we've, we've gone about things there. But lads were superb, I thought we attacked really, really well, you know, some of the play was just super, really, really super. And, uh, and you know, the, uh, the way we defended again, a lockout, we had a couple of messages at half-time to, to try and deal with Ironsider, I think has been one of them, you know, one of the most prolific scorers in the league, but... Um, you know, kept him to a, a minimum, and 20-year-old Chris Farino, again, 21-year-old Chris Farino, you know, got him out of university. He's he's going from strength to strength, you know, alongside Tafazoli, again, I thought it was immense. But um, I don't like individualising people, you know that. So the whole lot of them just was superb tonight, and uh, got the result. I thought we could have probably scored a few more goals, you know, at the post twice. I think we're at the crossbar. Anis is having it out with Lewis winging there about that last chance I think uh, Lewis backs him until it goes past the pulse there and uh, and uh, that's a funny one but um, no it was brilliant some real real big performances at the right time as well because uh, you know this is the crucial end of the season the business end of the season and um yeah, it doesn't make the season, but it's a nice, it's a nice one to have. Yeah. Were you scratching your head at half time, thinking how we only won the lot? A little bit, yeah. But um, I, I, told, I got the messages into the players that I wanted to get into them. Me and Josh Hart worked really hard on a, a tactical approach, which I thought worked really well tonight. You know, with, with Dobbo and, and, and Liam Blooms as well. You know, with the little messages they can get into the individual players, we're, we're a good team. You know, and uh, I can't thank the boys enough and the staff enough. You know, they were they were brilliant tonight. And special moment for me because John Beck was here. You know. It's Cambridge my first ever league goal was in that goal there back in I think 91 92 and uh, I won't be here if it wasn't for John Beck you know he gets a lot of stick but he should have a statue outside this place what he did for this club it's, it's amazing you know playing the championship for him for Cambridge um great days so for him to be here as well to give me a little mention still give me a few pointers after the game as well but uh it was a really nice nice to see him uh and and let him see that great performance because I thought the boys were super how did you feel that it was a 15 minute spell at the start of the second half Horgan McCleary Mametti Vokes Wing all really clicking into gear at exactly the right time and Wickham were rampant apart like you mention all those names and I'll mention the surname of Kuig because I wouldn't be able to get these players in if it wasn't for the for the, the Kuigs and, and the backing they've given me you know I, I, I'm a big fan of Pep Guardiola because after some games he says I get the best players my, my, my board give me the best players that's why we're so good sometimes and when you mention those players you know natural ability and, and uh, 
and I can't thank the, the board enough for, for backing me and for giving me the tools to try and put nights like this on and put jobs like this on you know and, and that's that's the team effort from top to bottom we've been uh, we've been really pushing hard yeah we had that little dodgy spell but it wasn't that much of a dodgy spell I think it was only two defeats and uh, and everyone everyone took the you know it's always out their pram but becoming good at a real crucial time of the season really pleased I think we've sneaked into sixth tonight but um, it's about staying in there now and staying in those playoffs to the end of the season that's what we intend to do and uh, performances like tonight will do that It was seven games without a win that run you've now had seven games without a defeat five wins two draws only let two goals in in that run as well that's some response Yeah and, and we worked hard on, on what we needed to do I'm not shy about getting the boys in telling them how it is and making sure that they know what they've got to do I think in a couple of those games Shrewsbury's and Lincoln's we battered those teams they could have easily been a win in those games but we're getting the rub of the green now you know even though we've hit the post three times tonight we deserved our goals and uh, like I say we, uh, we've got a great squad great staff and, and backing by some fantastic fans tonight they were, they were brilliant they were loud all game and the board as well we're in a good place looking forward to Saturday now I think Neil Harris was here so what he'll make of that I don't know but we need to go to Gillingham and put on a similar performance back rest and recovery now and, uh, and making sure the boys are good but um, you just see the subs running past you as well here they play their part you know Jack Grimmer is leading taking the subs for a run after the game because they may be involved Saturday this is what we have here there's not many teams would do that um, not not just the players going out and running they're usually told to do it by David Waite so one of the fitness guys they want to do that because they know how important it is to be on the, on it when they needed to come on the pitch and uh, yeah I'm, I'm a really lucky guy to have a squad like I've got Really fantastic to hear uh, that sort of insight. Uh, also, Gareth McCleary as well, getting a rare away goal, as we'll hear, uh, when he spoke to Phil. We played really well, some uh, brilliant stuff uh, throughout, from defence to attack. Yeah, I think we, we were really good, and obviously the result showed so. Uh, at half-time, it was only 1-0, and Wickham had struck the bar and post, and, and were you scratching your head a bit, thinking we should be a bit out of sight here? Uh, there's been a few games like that, so we, we did know if we continued to do uh, what we were doing in the first half, then... The goals will come, and thankfully it did happen in, in the second. Cambridge started the second half well, but then Wickham just went up about two or three gears, it seemed, and really clicked into place. It was great to watch at times. Yeah, and it's, it's credit to the gaffer. Um, obviously, the way we, we're playing now, we're mixing up a bit, we're playing out from the back, or we're going into Voxy, so, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of progression in our play, and um, you can see that uh, with the result today. A lot of times, you know, opposition managers and other fans say, oh, we know what you're going to get when you play Wickham Wanderers, direct football, blah, blah. Do you think people are getting a bit surprised now? Yeah, 100%. Um, we've got players in the team that can play. Uh, you can play out from the back. We can uh, play it into Vokesy or B when they're up front. And obviously you've got Brandon as well who can run in behind. So we've got, um, we've, got, we've got players that can do pretty much anything in the team. So I think it's, it's another string to our bow that we can play out and um, long may it continue. Yourself, Horgan, Metti, Vokes, Wing, Wicked fans are purring at times this evening. It really clicked into gear, didn't it? Yeah, and even Joshy scored, <laughs> scored today. He's got a hell of a strike on him as well. We've, we've seen it in training, but um, thankfully today for him and for us, it, 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 he hit the back of the net. And you, you even chipped in with the goal away from Adams Park. Yeah, first one in 14 years. I'm, I'm buzzing. I called it the other day because uh, Cess, he... he, he kept reminding me for some reason I don't know why so I, I think I had to show him up so I'm buzzing with that so to clarify that's the first away goal in League 1 for 14 years for 14 years. years yeah last one was Carlisle away, away for Forest um, my first professional goal and um, yeah hopefully um, I can get a few more 
that'd be nice between now and the end of the season Wickham back in the top six after another result elsewhere has gone our way too uh, is that a big psychological boost? No we, we're just going to keep on taking each game as it comes we know some of the boys of uh, some of the other teams sorry have got uh, teams in the top six that they're playing each other so we know that there's going to be points uh, taken elsewhere from um, each team in there but I think we've just got to take each game as it comes and seven games Wickham went without winning and they've now backed that up with seven seven games without defeat two draws and five wins so that's some response yeah 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 and um I think from there we've changed shape and we've changed the style of play as well. So as I said, it's credit to the gaffer and it's credit to the boys that show we can mix it up and we can play or we can go long. So um, I think it's credit to everyone. And how is the dressing room after that performance and results tonight? Yeah, everyone's buzzing. Everyone's uh, obviously really happy. I think it's our biggest win. And yeah, everything just clicked today. Uh, It could have been far more, to be fair. And I think obviously Stocker is a bit cheesed off about clean sheet because he's done really well as well. But... Um, everyone's happy, obviously, to get goals on the board and hopefully help us push on. It's fantastic to uh, get that uh, goal difference up. Definitely. And very, very important as well um, as we're, we're heading towards that, that time <laughs> of the season. Um, and again, you know, you just look at, look at last season um, and still the sliding doors moment of, you know, if, if, only, if only that free kick had been allowed against Derby County, uh, how different things might have been. We don't want to have the if-onlys again at the end of this season. Still to come, we'll hear from the manager, Gareth Ainsworth. We'll catch up with Jack Young as well, who's made his lone move permanent this week as the Wickham Wanderer Show continues. Online, on Radio Player. And on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Still to come on the Wickham Wanderer Show, we will be hearing uh, Gareth Ainsworth's thoughts ahead of this Saturday's visit to Gillingham, including whether he thinks it is better to play a team at the bottom of the table at this time of the season, or one in the middle that has nothing to play for. We will also hear as well from the new signing, Jack Young. But first, uh, in our uh, Wicked Wanderers Ex-Players Association uh, Former Stars of the Club slot It's not really called that, but it, it's quite a mouthful if it Former was. Stars of... <laughs> yeah, OK uh, We've been speaking to Andy slash Andrew Harmon Who, uh, well, is a name you might know for uh, a number of reasons But uh, his connection with the club started as a young fan I kind of grew up in uh, Homer Green That was where, where my sort of uh, main part of my life as a uh, a young boy grew up, and I uh, and subsequently, my father took me down to uh, the first game he took me down to was Wickham v Middlesbrough in the FA Cup in the team of the seventies when uh, Jack Charlton was manager for Middlesbrough and Brian Lee was the manager for Wickham, and I just remember s- uh, standing in the crowd and thinking we're playing this team in the football league, and uh, you know just how impressed I was with Wickham and just sort of. The whole, the whole atmosphere sort of grabbed me as, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to be a fan. But then subsequently thought, well, maybe one day I might be out there playing. And could you imagine that that, that would actually become a reality? I, I, I kind of think as the years developed, you know, I had an ambition, you know, I had trials at a few professional clubs and I knew Mick Keane from uh, his days at Watford. We just had happened through my family connection and, kept in touch with Mick and then subsequently he ended up at Wickham. So it was sort of deja vu really. So at the end of the day, I, I, I sort of got invited to go down to Wickham for Mick when I was a sort of a 17 year old and playing at Holmer Green at the time. And he was keen to promote l- local young footballers and he'd already taken on the likes of Bob Dale 
and Gary Lester who joined the club, Steve Toll that had joined. So it was kind of nice that I had that sort of interaction with Mick at an early age. So what were your first impressions when you arrived? I kind of think, you know, it was an established team. I got there as a 17-year-old and um, it's kind of all of a sudden, you know, there were a lot of people that had been there a, a, long, a long time with some uh, new, new individuals. So you had the likes of Paul Birdseye and Howard Kennedy who were established stalwarts at Wickham. And then you had some sort some newer players and they'd done, uh, in the previous year, they'd done really well and I think just got to the semi-final, you know, of the trophy. And so they had a good run of performances before. And uh, for me, I was just keen to sort of embrace it. And it it didn't take me that long. I, I did actually get in into the first team after... Uh, a month or two, I got the opportunity to play there for a few games. And did that really help your settling in process, having already had that relationship with the manager? It feels like it's. Uh, it feels like it's as if he wants to give me a chance because he knew me. I, I think at the end of the day, I was just. I had to get there on my merits, and quite frankly, when you were were dealing with sort of strong characters like the Howard Kennedys of this world, you know, they wouldn't want you in the team unless you could actually demonstrate you, could, you, you were good enough. Um, and I think Mick being a um, Keane was his principles were, you know, it was all about playing good football, but also at the end of the day, you know, he was a winner. So he wanted to have successful people and people who could, you know, conduct themselves properly and add value to the team, really. And we've spoken to other uh, former players who played, you know, under him while he was there, and he sounds like a great manager to have played for. I, I remember the early days when I first went down there, you know, Mick would. You know, I think one of the things that impressed me the most was just not what a nice person he was, but just also you could actually see why he was such a top professional himself because it, it was quite funny that if people didn't do things the way he wanted to, to do, he'd go out and knock the balls in. He'd think, well, actually, he could still amazing do it better than the players. So it was quite, you know, I think that was a laughing joke sometimes that, you know, I think he was keen still to be out on the football field. I just think he was a lover of football. And are there any particular uh, games or occasions that particularly stand out during your time at the club? I think always my first game as uh, a young 17-year-old. Um, I played at Lokes Park and uh, um, I'd only been there a couple of months and I'd got into the team and I think we had a winning performance and I played OK. And I remember coming off there and sort of, I couldn't drive at the time, so I had to get the bus home. And I just just remember thinking I'm on the bus on the way home and there was some sort of fans who said, oh, you, you played today, you've made your debut. And I was sort of, yeah, I'm just on my way home. So, you know, the whole experience, you know, it was, I was quite a young, naive sort of 17-year-old and just wanted to play football, really. And all of a sudden I'm playing for my local team that I'd kind of watched from sort of the, the Middlesbrough game uh, v Wickham in the FA Cup where they did amazing well and I was kind of thinking wow I'm at, I've actually you know I've now achieved that and being a midfielder as well you must have felt really kind of central to the team and uh, also the camaraderie in the dressing room we speak to so many other ex-players who say you know it was so special that, that group of players that they played with yeah I think if I'm honest when you first go in there there's some quite big egos and you know you know a couple of those people that played with me at the time were you know, you had people like George Borg, Howard Kennedy, I said, and even the newer people coming through, like Bob Dell and Anton Burkhouse. They were, you know, sometimes you, you, you felt pretty nervous that you were playing with, you know, 
people that really had expectations very high and high standards. So, you know, it's the first few games you are, you just don't want to let anyone down. You want to make sure you, you know, you do your best. And ultimately, on the pitch, it's where it counts. And as well, it, it must have been great to be part of the squad which won that Isthmian League title and got promoted to the conference as well. Yeah, I mean, going from that and then ending up playing in the conference was like a, you know, it's a big jump up and sort of being part of that whole group of players that played in that. I didn't really play that much in that season, but you know, ultimately, you know, it, you could see what that what it lifted for spirits around the club, the players the fans, and ultimately all of a sudden you're going from that to playing, uh, you know, a national league, which was the, the conference. So it was, you know, it really took Wickham to a new level, really. And I was reading about something else which must stand out, but perhaps not necessarily for, for the right reasons, was, is, a, is an encounter that you had with Vinnie Jones. Yeah, I kind of, um, we, we played Wildstone in an FA Trophy and uh, match at Wildstone and... I mean, at the time, I don't think he he was as well known as it obviously became. But you know, you play against Wilstone, and they were an extremely physical team. And you know, that that was maybe some of my bad fortune. A couple of times, I did end up getting bad injuries, which kept me out for a while. And that that one was an elbow to the face, and I fractured my cheekbone. And I remember I actually talked about it last weekend. I remember coming off at half time and. Uh, the physio said, you'll be fine to go back on. I was talking to Bob Dell and Bob said, there's no way you go back on. Your face is sort of blown up. And uh, at the end of the day, you need to come off. You need to go to hospital. And I remember going home that night and, uh, you know, I thought I'd got a real smack in the, in the face. And ultimately, it, 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 I fractured my bone and I went to hospital. And, that, uh, and within two days, I was in having an operation to repair it, which was quite, you know, Quite a shock to the system. No, certainly. So overall, how do you, you look back at your time at the club? I think, you know, I, I look back at the club. I love being at the club. I think sometimes, if I'm honest, I, I think because I had a couple of injuries, it was a bit stop-start for me and uh, maybe I didn't quite fulfil my own abilities to where I wanted to get to. But it doesn't go without saying that, you know, the club playing at Wickham. And going on tour with the players, we you know went to some amazing places over Europe, and sort of experiencing the the the, the part of being involved with a great group of guys, which you know I still speak to to this day, is um, you know is something that will hold dear in my life. And something else which must be a great source of pride is that on uh, sort of after your time in the club, you went on to be a you know and have gone on to be a very successful businessman as well. I, I, I kind of, you know, I had a bit of a journey when I uh, left school. I, you know, I, I tell this when I go and visit people at schools. I, I had to go for about 18 interviews before I got a job. So I thought, you know, what what we've got to do to get a job? But at that time, unemployment was pretty high in, in, in the UK. And uh, I ended up eventually getting into sales. And maybe that was, you know, a lot more in judgment became my sort of forte. And so I started a business up in the office equipment, office technology world. And subsequently, you know, whether luck or you make your own luck, uh, I built it up to be a, you know, pretty successful business, you know, turn over a hundred million and, and employing hundreds of people. And, uh, you know, it was pretty proud that I was still able to play football, not at Wickham's level because that was a full-time occupation then, but I was able to play at a 
a level below at Marlow for a few years and, and build my business up. So I, I suppose, in a way, I've got the best of both worlds. No, definitely. And I guess fans more recently may know your name from, uh, you know, your, your attempt, if that's the, the right word, to, to actually sort of put a bit in a bit and take over the club in pre, pre-Kuig uh, times. That must have been sort of a really interesting time for you. Yeah, there were a couple of times, actually, which haven't been noted. And I remember when uh, Don, Don, Don Woodward was at the, the club and I talked to him about he was looking to move backwards from there. And at one time, it was, the timing wasn't right for me. And uh, I think they and ended up with uh, Andrew Howard uh, subsequently coming in. And, and that was offered to me if I had wanted to, to go in there and I could have sort of become part of the fabric at Wickham at that time. But the time that I look at that you just mentioned was about three or four years ago, Wickham were in in need of investment. And Wickham, you know, it was pretty common knowledge that there were some challenges there. And there was an American group that were invested in Derby. And for various reasons, a number of fans reached out to me and said, look, we're not comfortable with that. And there was a time that I thought, actually, I could, you know, maybe I could make us, you know, I'd sold my business. Financially wasn't the challenge. It was more about what could I do to help the club. And, um, I came pretty close to doing that deal and it was ultimately I, I, I turned around at the end of the day and just said it wasn't quite right for me for a couple of reasons. Um, not to do with financial, more just maybe the fabric of the way the club was run and they wanted to continue that. And for me, if I was going to run a business or run a football club, I'd want to imprint with my own own decisions and be the, be the person who made those decisions. You know, good people, but I think there was a, you know, I met a committee there and without being rude, initially they didn't actually want me to take the club over. They wanted to go with the, the takeover of the Derby group and that's fine. I met a fans forum, quite a few hundred fans who were behind me and a lot of ex-players. So I had a lot of momentum and if I'm honest, I maybe, um, I think I frustrated the committee because they kind of had made the decision in the direction they wanted to go, but were pushed and prodded to talk to me. Um, but I actually think at the end of the day, it worked out okay because I subsequently decided not to go forward. The Derby guys pulled out and they were left with finding someone. Unfortunately, they've gone on and found the Kuigs who, who, who you know, I've, I've met Pete and he seems a really decent guy and his heart and soul is behind the club and doing the right thing. And I think that, you know, that, that gives me, you know, a lot of comfort as a as a fan and a local sort of ex player that they're in they're in good hands, you know, because you hear sort of, you know, dare I say it, some tricky stories about investors who don't have the heart and soul of the club. And from what I've seen and what I hear, um, I think Pete and his, you know, and it, and his sort of relations have have certainly got the club on the right footing, not just from a financial point of view, but from the social and behind the scenes. And uh, hopefully that, that, that enables the club to get a well-needed promotion, which I think everyone's pulling behind at the moment. It just sounds like such a great, and I, I hesitate to use the word, it sounds a bit X-Factory, but, but journey for yourself to be a young uh, fan, someone who played for the club, and then to be in a, in a position to, uh, to be able to you know, contribute financially as well. Yeah, and you know, from a personal point of view, I still have the best interests of the club. You know, I, you know, I, I'm sure I'll do some sponsorship with them, whether they go up or not next season. So I've now gone and set up a new IT business that is growing quite rapidly. So 
you know, I'm happy to support the club. But at the end of the day, I suppose I've had the opportunity to support the club, play for the club, uh, n- nearly by the club, and uh, and now go back to the the club last weekend and have a great day. So, you know, for me, it's a great pleasure. You know, and I've been quite fortunate in that respect. Tell us a bit about Saturday because you were there for a very poignant reason. Yeah, I was. You know, it's really sad for me because when I was 17, got into uh, the team at Wickham, I, I built up a what I'd like to think a really strong bond with a few players, but significantly Anton, Bob and Gary, Gary Lester. And, you know, for the next eight or nine years of my life, not just from a footballing point of view, from a social point of view, we did lots together. You know, we went on tour together, we played golf together, we socialised together. And, you know, Gary was, you know, a real legend at Wickham. And, you know, he took a path after football involved with the church, which I hugely admire. And he went off to a place like Romania and uh, um, did amazing things for people who really needed support and help. And so we, we, we all kind of lost touch with Gary for a bit. And, you know, we bumped into him one or two times, but, you know, respected what he was he did, but he went on a totally different path to any of us thought he would do. And sadly, sadly, his life was taken away, at, you know, not not too long ago. And I think we were all, you know, gutted that, you know, if I'm honest, we were told it was mental health issues and, you know, he was always helping people. So I think it's close to all of our hearts thinking gosh, could we have done more if we'd reach out to him, the people who knew him? And, you know, he will be dearly missed. And, uh, you know, Saturday, I know it was an event for Akin Fenwar, but for us, you know, seeing Gary's picture up and having a celebration drink to his life for us as ex-players, you know, there were 10 or 12 players there, Mark West, you know, uh, Trevor Bunting, Jimmy Jacobs, Bob, as I said, Anton, Dave Burgess, uh, and, and and people, Mark Hill, you know, Ken Wilson sadly wasn't there because he was a, a, a bore and trips. But, you know, all of those people to a person, you know, genuinely, you know, only would have had kind words. Gary was a lovely person, you know, and a great goalkeeper. And, uh, you know, I hope the club, you know, he's seventh, best, you know, longest serving player at the club. So hopefully someone, you know, is listening to this within the club. They, they, you know, mental illness is it, it, it's been challenging for a lot of people the last couple of years, and it brings home to us the you know how close to home it is. And uh, you know, God bless his soul, Gary was a uh, he was an amazing guy. And so special that you've kept in touch with those teammates and, and had that common bond of you know the things that you've been through together during your time at the club. I was laughing and joking because uh, Bob 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 Dell's kept us together, and I keep saying to Bob, "You're on a committee," and Bob's not the person. Now, I don't ever feel Bob's really a committee man. You know, he's a, you know he's his own man, and he, uh, and you know he says it as it is. But we laugh and joke. But Bob has kept our group, you know, from that group of the seventies, eighties together. And okay, maybe not as successful as you know the the likes of the Martin O'Neill era. Sorry, that's my dog in the background. <laughs> um, but you know, in a way, the bond that the guys have got and their uh, commitment to, you know, to supporting each other when we were playing together. And more importantly, just the fact that, you know, we kept in touch and we had a laugh and and, and reflected on 
Gary on Saturday was really nice. And, you know, Alan Gain was the other person who I didn't mention. He was uh, assistant manager and manager at Wickham. And I think it was the first time Alan had been back to the new ground since it had uh, opened. So it was great to see Alan there. And uh, I think all of us are going to arrange to get together again over the next couple of months and play golf for, for the golfers amongst us. But yeah, Bob, Bob has kept that group together. So well done to Bob. Well done to Bob, if you've just tuned in. Uh, <laughs> really, really great chatting to uh, Andy slash Andrew. And really great to hear from his dog as well. Yeah, several occasions. Yeah, yeah, indeed, yes. The dogs were out, I and then they were in, then out, then in again. I think <laughs> that's the order. I did wonder whether the, the dog or dogs were going to get a mention. And I was really pleased that they did at the end. Uh, big thanks, as always, to uh, Alan Hutchinson and JDT from the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association for uh, our, uh, our chats with... Uh, Yes, yes, our chats <laughs> with former players. I'm oh, sorry, I thought you were going <laughs> to. I was just wondering whether or not the dogs had the Wicked Wanderers dog lead. Oh, <laughs> fairly, fairly obvious comment. Sorry. Online on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come in the final part of the Wickham Wanderers show. Bob sits down with manager Gareth Ainsworth. I assume you were sat down. I was sat down. Yes, not actually with him though. No, it well, was it was by the. Wonders of Zoom. <laughs> yeah, but you were you were with him. Well, I, I was sort of, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other communication devices are available. Absolutely. Uh, but first of all, uh, we are going to hear from Wickham Wanderers' new signing, because yes, we had a new signing this week. Uh, Jack Young sat down and had a chat with Matt Cecil. They were, he was sat down. I'm think. assuming that they were sat down. <laughs> Jack, a proud day for you, joining Wickham Wanderers on a permanent basis. Tell us how that makes you feel. Yeah, I'm delighted. Um, come here on loan, I knew straight away that it's a place that I, w- I would want to be in. Just the whole environment, I can't wait to spend some more time here. It's a long way from home, it's new territory yeah. for you, but just tell us, did you settle in quickly when you came down here? Yeah, all the boys are great, and um, yeah, it's very far, it's a bit different, it's a lot warmer, just a little bit, but uh, no. Um, as I say, the club as a whole and as an environment makes it really easy for anyone, I think, coming in. You had to wait a little while for your debut. I know you did really well in that game at Long Crendon and, and the gaff was really impressive during training and, and that game at Crewe must have been a special moment for you coming on and, and helping the boys see out the win. Yeah, it was really good and obviously getting the third, um, helping with the third goal and the celebrations in front of the crowd was um, that was a perfect start and um, yeah, I loved every second of it. I guess you can look around the changing room, look at people like Anis Mametti, who's a prime example of a youngster who was given an opportunity here. He's come into the side and now you know looks one of the first names on the team sheet. People like that must give you great hope for for realising this is a club that can develop potential. Yeah, exactly. And Anis is one of the examples the the gaffer used when he was um, talking to me about the club. And um, yeah, I definitely want to do the same path kind of thing, break into the team and, and hopefully stay in the team. That's that's my goal. Yeah. Another one of those examples is Chris Farino, one of your housemates. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that that house and the uh, the bond that you guys have in there. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, me and Chris really get on and just just living together, we've uh, learned so much about each other and yeah, help each other out. But yeah, sometimes it gets a bit mad, but uh, it's all good. At the other end of the scale, there's some incredible experience heads around, and, and that was evidenced on Saturday. Adebayo and Fen were getting an amazing send off at Adams Park. Uh, players like that must really help inspire you and, and also teach you bits about the game as well. Yeah, Bayo, Voxy, Stocko, Gareth, all, all the lads, just even just around the place and how they talk, the the things they say before games, how they prep, everything. It's just it's a great learning experience for me. And obviously with Bayo as it being his um, his last season, I think it's all very important. But 
Yeah. Nearly 60 games count. Absolutely, yeah. The, the team style of play is certainly evolving. Is it a style that you enjoy playing in? And from what you've seen, there's, there's so much creativity available, isn't there, for you know those number 10s playing in behind the front man? And it's quite an exciting thing to watch, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, as, as, as again, speaking to the gaffer, that's something he wants to bring in to a style of play where they can play, play a bit more. And um, yeah, I'm hopefully going to help with that because that is my game. Don't forget you can hear the interview with Jack and uh, the other chats uh, with Gareth and with Bayo and um, Gareth Ainsworth Post, uh, Doncaster and Cambridge on uh, Wanderers TV. And it is very good. Well worth subscribing if you haven't already. <laughs> there's some really good content on there, isn't there? There is. It's fantastic. And, and it's great to see that actually there's different content every day. It, you know, it, it's the, the website is now worth visiting every day because there's always something new on it. Absolutely. Oh, nice plug. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, uh, Bob well, sat down with... Well done to everyone uh, involved. There was much sitting down on the show uh, this week. Bob sat down with uh, manager Gareth Ainsworth a little earlier on this morning uh, to reflect on that uh, win at Cambridge uh, on Tuesday night. It was. It's a great performance, you know. You know, just, just really uh, was coming over the last few weeks, I think, you know, and, uh, and <clears throat> when it's clicked, it's clicking at the right time. Um, the boys are in a real good place, you know, the... the Getting back in the playoffs, I think was was big for the boys. You know, they feel like they can do it. They can, you know, that was a that's probably a hurdle. Are we ever going to get back in the top six again? And, and I always told them we will. And it's about staying in there then. And, and there's going to be twists and turns until the end of the season. So, yeah, everything came together really well. Maybe just the goal against, but even that's positive for me because there's plenty of learning from that. Which for some. Uh, so many younger boys, which is brilliant. So, no, really, really proud of the performance uh, and. Uh, I say nothing more than we deserved on that. I thought we were the better team. And I think we have been in quite a few games, going right back even to our seven-game winless streak. You know, there was a couple of games in there where we absolutely deserved to smash teams, and uh, I mean, it just didn't happen that night. But um, that was great to see it come together at Cambridge on Tuesday. Anthony Stewart obviously was the the one uh, change that you made. How is Anthony? Uh, yeah, he's okay. We'll assess him now and see where he is for the next game. Um, just missed out for uh, something he picked up on Saturday. That was all. And it must be great that actually you've got Chris Farino to to come in there and just look so assured. Yeah, Chris is a great player. You know, he's uh, he's going to be he's going to be a big asset for this club one day, and, and I, I think he's going to play at a high level as well, a very high level. You know, I mean, he's playing at a high level now, but I think we're talking the next two steps. Uh, Chris has, has, has got a chance to make those, you know, needs to learn a bit more about the game, but we uh, we teach him and uh, and I'm sure that we'll have, a, we'll have a fantastic player just like Anis is now shining, you know, and, and some of the younger boys that have come through, it's just, just brilliant to see him uh, performing, you know, Jack Young almost got, you know, some minutes, but we had to change it at the last minute with the substitutions, but um, no, we've got a real good nucleus of youngsters coming through now who are holding their own, it's taken a while, but um as I said after the game, you know, you can name all the all the names on the pitch, but the big names for me are the Kuriks. They've they've really backed me. They've allowed me to to bring in what I wanted to bring in and uh, hopefully shape this club for for a real good footing for the future. Never mind just this season. Speaking about Anis, I thought that that we saw how much he'd matured as a player on Tuesday night because he was clearly having quite a tussle with their their number two, and he was clearly getting quite frustrated. But he didn't actually allow that frustration to to boil over in the way that possibly maybe he did uh, back at the Stadium of Light earlier on in the season. 
Yeah, you know, he's, he's learned a lot, you know, and that's all life lessons that you learn, you know, and, and as long as you learn, I, I always say to the boys, you know, you, you, you've, you're allowed a mistake, boys, you know, but once it becomes a recurring theme, that's a problem that I've got to deal with. So everyone's allowed mistakes. God knows I've made enough. So, uh, but you learn from them and you try and not make the same one twice. And Anis has done really well, matured really well as a player. I think we have constant chats with him. We, uh, I'm always, I'm always speaking to him one on one about how well he's done and, and, and what I think he could do better. And um, I think, as you say, maturing uh, is is a big part of it. And my biggest thing is mental, the mental strength of players. That that's my that's my number one thing. I that's my go to when I look for players. When I try and recruit players, play players. The mental side of the game is enormous, and uh, and Anis is showing that he's uh, he's definitely got the capability to improve that. And you've obviously added to the squad this week with the signing, the the permanent signing now of Jack Young. Yeah, fantastic to be able to do that at Wickham Wanderers, you know. And uh, and we, we dealt with Newcastle, um, you know, I can't thank them enough for letting us have one of their young stars. Um, and we we aim to, you know, again, turn Jack into a, into a fantastic asset for this football club. I've seen enough that tells me that, that Jack has got all the attributes to be a, a great player. Um, he's got some brilliant players ahead of him at the moment with Josh Gordon, Lewis Wing, Dominic Gabe, Curtis Thompson, you know, what a better group to, to learn off. You, you couldn't get a better group. You know, I'm sure he's, he's he's had good players ahead of him in Newcastle, but how often does he actually train with dolls or see them or interact with them day in, day out? Um, here, that's what you get. You get you get that real learning just from being with those players who've been there and done it. And, uh, and I can't wait for Jack to start playing his best football because uh, he'll be uh, he'll be definitely in, in this uh, in this squad and and this you know plans that we've got going forward for this football club. It must also be great to see some of those that you've got out on loan are actually getting so much experience, particularly Ali Alhamidi, who's off to Wembley, of course, now with Bromley. Yeah, brilliant for Ali, and you know, got to for Connor. Really, he's at the same club, but he was cup tied. He played in, in the, the same cup for Notts County earlier in the season, but Ali. Again, Ali, Jack Wakely, Connor Parsons, you know, have just fabulous experience for these boys to uh, to know what first-team football is about, to learn their trades at the respective clubs, which you've got to learn how to play different ways. And, uh, and yeah, Ali, uh, brilliant that Bromley have got to Wembley against Wrexham. This is going to be a good game. I'll hopefully try and get to that one because um, I'm hoping Ali will play some part in that. But, um, yeah, really, really good experience and... Um, so it's part of their learning program, and uh, Sam Grace, uh, you know, does a great job with um, with his mentoring and his uh, his development of those boys. So, Gillingham on Saturday, I'm imagining that they're going to be a different proposition now that they're managed by Neil Harris to the side that we played in October when they were managed by Steve Evans. Yeah, absolutely. You know, different managers bring different things. They've had a little bit of upturning form, um, and they dropped into the bottom four on on Saturday. Uh, uh, sorry, on Tuesday, with all the results that went sort of against them, the Morecambe result went for us, obviously, but against Gillingham, and, and that's uh, that's football at this uh, this end of the season and this end of the uh, this end of the year. So, I'm sure that Neil will have them fired up, ready to put on a display against Wickham um, because. Um, Obviously, we want these points. We want to. We want to continue this run we're on. But Gillingham are fighting for their lives at the bottom of the table. There's no. There's no golf in this league. I tell you now, Doncaster proved that by beating MK Dons and Sunderland. And uh, and Gillingham have had some great results as well. Cambridge beat Ipswich the other day. So you've just got to be consistent in this league and uh, get a little bit of luck at times. But um, 
Neil will definitely have his boys ready to uh, to compete in that game. Is it actually harder at this stage of the season to maybe be playing those teams who are down at the bottom rather than say, with all due respect to them, Cambridge, who probably now are actually safe? Uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, I know it's a hard one because um, if, if you know if, if Cambridge have nothing to play for. There's no pressure on them. They can try things. They're, they're a dangerous animal with uh, would be able to take risks. Whereas Gillingham won't want to take risks because they don't want to lose the game. But also they, they have to try and put something in that gets them the points. So you know, it's a difficult question to ask. You know, and to, to answer it. It's, uh, it. it's one of those things that we'll, we'll know what we get on Saturday. We'll prepare as, as best we can. But I know Neil Harris's teams are always competitive and, uh, and he's a fiery competitor as well. So we're going to have to be at, at our best. And then we have the six-day break until Good Friday, which uh, the game the games come thick and fast. But it's all on all on um, Gillingham. That's our focus for the next two days. And brilliant to see on Tuesday night that nearly 500 fans made the, the trip to Cambridge. And I'm imagining that you're hoping for a busy away end on Saturday. Yeah, um, the fans have been fantastic. Made so much noise on Tuesday night. You know, I'd like to say that they would say the players enabled them to make so much noise with the performance they put in. But you know, it's chicken and egg syndrome. We we need them, and they need a performance. And uh, and you know, who, who puts it in first? So, but the fans are great. The fans were absolutely brilliant. Turning up in those numbers is something we just haven't done for, for years at this club. You know, and, and it's really good to see that the support's there, the impetus is there. They all know what we're trying to achieve. And I'm praying for no rain on Saturday because I remember a couple of years ago there was hypothermia was a risk at one stage with the amount of rain that was chucked on the fans uh, I think we drew 2-2 maybe and uh, it was it was an unbelievable day um, so yeah nice sunshine on that open end terrace and uh, and a great result we'll set up a, a brilliant weekend for our travelling fans they've been they've been sensational I can't thank them enough Hopefully, uh, hypothermia won't be an issue uh, this coming weekend. I thought the club were slightly cheeky, actually, when they released the Gilliam ticket information that they used a picture of the Priestfield Stadium with one of the stands that was covered. And it was like, <laughs> I, I felt that they should have put a little dis- disclaimer underneath saying, this isn't the stand where you'll actually be. Uh, just two home games left, of course. Uh, yes, so Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday, uh, and tickets are, are selling fast. Uh, and I know that sounds like an advertising slogan, but it's true. Two big uh, games as well, yeah, obviously. Indeed, yep. Uh, so, so if you do want to go to either of those, uh, then yes, you, know, you should, should get on the website uh, and get your tickets. Um, and if you were hoping to go to the AFC Wimbledon game, uh, well, I'm afraid the tickets have all sold out. It does look, things look so much better as well, being in the top six, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. And you do feel that we are just actually finding that form at exactly the right time. Um, currently, obviously, sixth in the table. So we played 41. We have 72 points. Uh, level on points with Sheffield Wednesday, who have played 40. Also, obviously, 72. Uh, and then below us, um, who have a game in hand at Sunderland uh, with 70 points. Um, they have got a goal difference of 19 compared to our 20 uh, and then Oxford United one below them they are on the same number of games as us 41 uh, they've uh, got 69 points uh, with a goal difference a slightly better goal difference of 23 it might all come down to the goal difference uh, final words from yourself um, uh, up the wick Let, let's go and get another win uh, on Saturday and hope that it doesn't rain and we don't come all back with hypothermia